What's going on, Wizards fans? Welcome to the latest episode of the Wix Dirty Podcast, the official podcast from Wizards Extra. I am your host, I am Arthur Reynal, and tonight I am going solo because I wanted to vent about the state of the Wizards. So we just completed, uh, we're going into our fourth week of basketball. The Wizards went 2-2, two and two, which... I mean, is 500. It's trending upwards, better than past weeks. Uh, the Wizards started off the week with a win against the New York Knicks on Sunday. Uh, a pretty embarrassing loss to the Dallas Mavericks on Tuesday. Another kind of embarrassing, pretty much embarrassing loss to the Orlando Magic on Friday. And thankfully, a win at Miami, 116-110. to And aside from the Wizards... You know, continuing to show awful trends both defensively and on the board. A trade happened, a really big trade happened that pretty much deflated any enthusiasm that I had for this season, despite the start. I mean, if there's anybody that's still enthusiastic about Wizards basketball after before the trade, I'd be, you know, very interested to meet this person because they're way they are way more positive than I am. But Jimmy Butler was traded from the Minnesota Timberwolves to the Philadelphia 76ers. And although you can you, you can see different people talking about fit and all that, but this is a three NBA star league per team to be successful. And the Philadelphia 76ers have Ben Simmons, you know, JJ Redick, now Jimmy Butler, and Joel Embiid to an already talented roster. So the Philadelphia 76ers basically just cemented themselves as a top three threat in the East. And now I would say the East is four deep. You have the Toronto Raptors who have only lost one game and they pretty much look like they're going to... I just don't see them losing the East from their depth alone unless a huge injury happens to Kawhi Leonard or Kyle Lowry. But I would say the Toronto Raptors have cemented the one seed. Then it's a battle for the two seed with the Boston Celtics, the Milwaukee Bucks, and the Philadelphia 76ers. And I would even throw in the Indiana Pacers as like a quiet sleeper in the East. Um, you know, they're they're lacking star power, but Victor Oladipo and Miles Turner are two incredible pieces. So you can't count them out because Victor Oladipo could just take over a game at any time. But that just had me thinking. This Wizards team, it has all the talent. Like, there, there is talent at each position. It just hasn't come together yet. And although the win against Miami, you know, it, it is Miami. But at the same time, Miami is supposed to be doing, you know, really well this season. They had some pretty good victories already going into that game. Both teams were on the second night of a back-to-back. So, you know, that excuse is out the window. But I don't know, like. It just really had me contemplating, you know, why why should we continue with this team if they're not going to improve? You know, if they're not going to fire Scott Brooks, if they're not going to fire Ernie, if they're going to continue trotting out the same lineup and the same all-bench unit and get blown out by lottery-driven teams. I just don't... I don't understand, but the the way that the Wizards played in Miami and then the second half at Orlando, I guess it's trending towards a good thing, but unfortunately, you know, the positive trend that came out of Miami is 
The Wizards won while Markeith Morris and Otto Porter sat on the bench and Jeff Green and Austin Rivers played major minutes. They played the entire fourth quarter. So that's not that's not a good thing because you have Otto Porter as your highest paid player. The Markeith Morris is a I would say is a pretty good thing because uh, I, I feel like a lot of people are finally starting to notice that. You know, for with him, it's an effort thing. He's very lazy. He's not very smart. His shot is pretty much inconsistent. I would say he's the Kelly Oubre of our power forward position, stretch four. And Otto Porter is just uh, every day on Twitter. You see, you see these interesting tweets from Otto Porter fans, and it's just like, at, at what point is it going to be Otto Porter's fault? I mean, he plays around 30 minutes and has eight points, you know, are, are we going to like dissect every play? Like, Oh, like John wall should have passed them, passed them the ball there. Or Bradley Beal should pass them the ball there. At some point, Otto has to produce. And I think, you know, Scott Brooks, obviously it's just one game and we're, we're going into a five game homestand. So I would say the time is now to win games. You know, if it's not going to be this week, it's not going to be, Ever, I would say if the Wizards don't go four and one during this home stretch, I don't see I don't see how you keep them together. I don't see how you don't com- you don't contemplate blowing it up because we have the Orlando Magic Monday night, Wednesday night we have Cleveland, Friday night we have Brooklyn. Brooklyn is going to be a tough matchup. Brooklyn is for real. Uh, they only have I believe they're six and seven actually, so they're they're definitely in a better state than the Wizards, but they are, they just have a bunch of talent on that team. Then we have the Portland Trailblazers, who we needed career perfor- performances from Kelly Oubre and Markeith Morris to send the overtime. And then we have the Los Angeles Clippers, who are also for real. You know, those are one of the teams that everybody was like, oh, they're looking to lose. You know, they 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 definitely need to they definitely need to, you know, rack up those losses. But they're taking care of business. They beat Milwaukee 128 to 126. They beat the Timberwolves 120 to 109. They lost to Portland by 11, and they lost to the Sixers by nine. So they're definitely in all their games. It's not like the Wizards who get blown out by 30 on the road. But I would say four and one. Otherwise, you know, we we play at Toronto after the homestand, then at home versus New Orleans, at home against Houston, at New Orleans, and then at Philadelphia to close out the month. And that's a tough stretch. So you have a five game stretch that's favorable, mainly because you're at home. Then you have a five game stretch where you're playing basically playoff teams, even though Houston right now is struggling, but they'll get it together. I'm pretty sure uh, nobody's worried about them, especially if they let go of Carmelo Anthony. And then just looking a little bit ahead, you have the start to December, which is a pretty favorable start. We play Brooklyn. We play at New York, at Atlanta, at Cleveland, and then you have tough matchups against Indiana, Boston, and Brooklyn again, the Lakers, the Hawks, the Rock, the Rockets, the Suns, the Pacers, the Pistons, the Bulls, and the Hornets. So December is a pretty favorable schedule. I would say, you know, this five-game stretch coming up is crucial for this season. You build momentum. You build on that lineup that Scott Brooks used to close out the Miami Heat with John Wall, uh, Bradley Beal, Austin Rivers, Jeff Green, and Dwight Howard, and just roll with it. 
Now, something that is definitely not good for the long-term success of the Wizards is the fact that John Wall has played back-to-back 40-minute games, 40-plus-minute games. That's not good at all, especially considering Wall's you know knee injuries and all that stuff. That's not good for somebody with that. He's played three consecutive games, and he's played 40 over 40 minutes at Miami. It was officially 40 minutes and 57 seconds at Orlando, 42 minutes at Dallas, 41 minutes. And all those three games were for one victory. So I I don't know. To me, this is Scott Brooks being extremely desperate. Obviously, if you're going to play John Wall, the entire second half, that's, that's as desperate as it gets. You know, no other star in the NBA is playing close to the minutes that John Wall is playing. And he already has injury issues where he admitted against the Boston Celtics in game seven, he had no legs. So these are the games that are just taxing the taxing the needs of John Wall and his play. I mean, how is that not going to affect his play? Defensively, everyone is kind of you know, keeping their eye on John and it's deservedly and he's gotten very lazy on defense, but he's playing 40 minute games like that, that that's going to tax him and that's definitely going to affect him. And although I think when he's on the court, even when the game start, he doesn't necessarily start off on a bang on, on defense, but that when it's the fourth carry the fourth quarter, that, that stuff's going to start to affect him. So it'll be interesting to see this week. You know, ideally, it's not going to happen. It's never going to happen. But ideally, you would want, you know, John to maybe average 25 to 28 minutes this week. Like, these games should be pretty quickly wrapped up uh, against Orlando and against Cleveland. I I would say Brooklyn on Friday is going to be a tough matchup. And then you have the the Blazers and the Clippers, those games I could see him playing over 30, you know, mid thirties where he should be, but 41, 42, 43, that's a little, that that's ridiculous. I mean, he's going to break down before the all-star break at that rate. And Scott Brooks just has to adjust his roster. I mean, we have to get an auto Porter to just be a ball hog. I, I don't know what, what can change with Otto Porter because he's gotten the all bench unit and then Austin Rivers and Kelly Oubre kind of take over that unit. Otto is not an alpha by any means. He goes with the flow. You know, I I know a lot of people kind of hate Kelly Oubre. I would say I don't hate Kelly Oubre, but he's definitely inconsistent. He gets the ball and he's either going to shoot it or he's going to drive against five people to the basket but on the defensive end, he's very active, even though some of the fouls he commits are very dumb, but undisciplined basketball. But he's active, and Scott Brooks is definitely acknowledging it by closing him out, you know, playing him the fourth quarter to close out games over Otto Porter because Kelly Oubre just brings that energy, and that's what we need, you know, not, not to like crap on Otto Porter too much, but he kind of he blends in way too much. And if I was Otto, I mean, it's not enough to be a catch and shoot three point shooter. It it has to be on both ends of the of the court. And too many times, Otto Porter gets caught in between. You know, closing out for some reason, helping with uh, someone going to the basket and leaving a really good three pointer wide three point shooter wide open, or you know, just not getting there in time. And Kelly Oubre is a lot more active on that end. 
And I think that's why we see Kelly Oubre closing these games, which I think is interesting because Scott Brooks mentioned he needs to start staggering his starters and it kind of happened, but in every situation it's happened because of foul trouble, like on Friday, on Saturday night, the, the wizards staggered some starters, but it was because Marky Morris had four personal fouls against the Dallas Mavericks. It's because Otto Porter had, you know, a little injury. So it's whenever the wizards are down or the wizards have an injury or foul situation where Scott Brooks decides, okay, I need to, you know, do something different. And he staggers his starters. So, It'll be very interesting to see how we come out tomorrow night against the, the Orlando Magic at home. I really hope that this stretch defines the Wizards season where it was a turnaround. You know, you ended a week two and two. That's 500 so far in the month. You're two and three. You know, you win four of these games. You're at six and three, six and four. If you lose to Portland, six and uh, seven and uh, four. If you if you beat the Clippers. So it can be a really strong stretch of games uh, and, you know, just kind of see what happens to close out the month with the Toronto Raptors who only have one loss and Anthony Davis playing Anthony Davis twice playing the New York Sixers and the Houston Rockets who will probably figure it out by the time we play them. So the trade, the trade that got Jimmy Butler to the 76ers I mentioned when we started off this podcast that that was pretty much the nail in the coffin for me, but they wanted Bradley Beal. Reports are coming out. They came out today that the Timberwolves were um, asking for Bradley Beal. And I, I think it was definitely smart to not have traded Bradley Beal for Jimmy Butler for two reasons. One, contract, contract wise, Jimmy Butler is a free agent after the season and it would not be worth trading Bradley Beal's favorable contract for the possibility of Jimmy Butler leaving. Cause if he leaves and you trade Beal for Butler and Butler leaves, then you're basically stuck with wall and Porter. And that, that, that that's a hot mess that you, you don't want to be in that you went from two all-stars to one all-star and then a player with that that's aggressive as, you know, a box of kittens like that. That's not going to get you anywhere. And then you have Dwight Howard. So <laughs> it's just, you. it was kind of a, it was a lose, lose situation. That trade was never going to happen. I'm very happy. We didn't do that. If it was Otto Porter, a hundred percent. But then again, this kind of shows what the league thinks of Otto Porter. N- nobody thinks Otto Porter is good. You know, the only people that do are people with calculators, people that people that love analytics. And I'm just all about the eye test and just seeing what happens. Clearly, Scott Brooks sees something with Otto Porter that he's not going to be playing to close out games. And maybe it was maybe there's an injury there. I really hope there is because I, I, I'm a Wizards fan first and Otto Porter when healthy, when he's knocking down shots, when he's cutting to the basket, when he's aggressive on the offensive end and making an impact on defense, that that's the auto porter that we need to get over that hump, to be able to compete with, I would say, Indiana and Milwaukee and then have a shot against the Boston Celtics and the Toronto Raptors. I think I think the Sixers are going to have problems in terms of scoring because they have a lot of really good talent, but each talent on their team needs the ball. You know, Jimmy Butler 
is going to need the ball to be Jimmy Butler. Joel Embiid needs the ball in the post. Ben Simmons needs to attack the basket. So it's kind of a cluttered team right now. But if they get some shooters, you know, there's always some good shooters available to just spot up and shoot. You know, they'll probably pick someone up and then they'll be dangerous. But right now, I want to see what it looks like before I say we should fear the 76ers. I think the Toronto Raptors are without a without a doubt they they're going to be a tough tough out mainly because of their depth. I, I'm telling you, I would take our starting five against their starting five healthy, even with them having Kawhi Leonard because I just think you know John Brad uh, Otto Keith and Dwight they they're really good. It's just right now they're not playing really well. And although I would have loved hindsight, but I would have loved to have gone after Kawhi Leonard. I think Kawhi Leonard would have been the missing piece to this team to really create an identity on defense and then just have uh, just have a leader, a, a champion, uh, MV, finals MVP in the locker room would have been very impactful for our team. But, you know, it didn't play out. And now Toronto has them, has him. We'll see what happens if he's if he stays in Toronto past this season. But that, that's where we're at right now. I think with the Wizards, I'm going to continue watching every single game because I'm a Wizards fan. And even even when the Wizards, when, when they were officially the laughing stock of the NBA, when we had Nick Young, JaVale McGee, Andre Blotch, I watched every game. Every game gave me, you know, heartache, but it was just the excitement of seeing players and their development. You know, seeing John Wall turn into the player that he is today, creating those habits, like the wraparound, the wraparound steal is not a good thing that John developed because if he misses, then Otto Porter or whoever's weak side has to, you know, make sure that the person that gets by him doesn't get to the basket. And that creates an open look for somebody on the baseline three pointer. And too many times John just stops and points his finger to, you know, Otto or Kelly or Brad to switch. And by that time, the pass is swung around, and there's a shooter that's been camping on the three-point line wide open and nine times out of ten knocks it down. So, again, there's there's things that... There's a lot of negativity with the Wizards, and I think I want to end with a positive... Because none of these podcasts have been very positive you know last one with brian kramer we talked about how you know stephen a was roasting them zach lowe all this stuff rose ball rose ball jimmy is now a new nickname for john wall which i think is hilarious but i just i want to see what happens this week i think if the wizards go you know one and four or two and three this week i would say blow it up it's not nothing's going to change if it blows up, it has to start with the firing of Ernie Grunfeld, then Scott Brooks, and then, you know, get, get Sam Hinkie in here from the Philadelphia 76ers that the mastermind behind that draft, get him in here and just get us, get us on the right path. You know, five years, hopefully by then, you know, Milwaukee, Boston, Philadelphia will have slayed each other, Toronto to the point where it's just a new regime that's taking over the East. Because right now, as things stand, obviously with our record, we are way behind those those teams. And I think if we match up against any of the top three teams, if that's Toronto, Boston, or Milwaukee, 
I, I don't like our chances because Mo- Milwaukee, I-, I watched them play the Warriors where they won by 20 and that that's a really good team that they have there. And defensively is why I, I think we would struggle against them. They just have so much length. They have players that, you know, Matthew Dillavadova, Tony Snell, uh, John Henson, you know, Giannis, even Giannis on Tacompo and his length. Like that, that's a lot of chaos on the defensive end. They struggle to score. That's for sure. But Chris Middleton is a wizard's killer. And, you know, players like, I believe they have Irsani Olosova, who's also a Wizards killer. So they they have a pretty good team. They they have an identity. Their new coach, new scheme. Giannis looks unstoppable. But we we've played Milwaukee pretty tough. So I, I want to see how we play against them. But again, recapping the Wizards start a five five game homestand. I will have uh, Bryna Kramer on Sunday night to recap the game since she covers our our Wizards at Capital One Arena for Wizards Extra to get. A locker room perspective because i'll be very curious to see you know if we go four and one how is that locker room different from the beginning of the season if we go one and four you know what's the chaos like dude just to get both ends and get someone that's there every night so thank you very much for joining me make sure you guys subscribe to our itunes and uh soundcloud Give us some ratings. Give us some love. Uh, we appreciate all of our listeners. We have over 150 downloads per episode so far. So that's pretty cool. Um, hopefully we continue to grow because this is trying to be, I'm trying to make this a consistent podcast for you guys to listen to. I'll reach out to um, hopefully some guests here in the near future to join me, get you some different perspective, not just from a Wizards fan like Wizards Extra offers, but from a professional, from a beat writer that you know works for the post works for nbc washington nbc sports washington or anything of that matter but um i'm arthur Raynal at district mamba on twitter uh check us out check out our website uh wizardsextra.com and make sure to follow us to get the latest and greatest on the wizards especially from cap one uh brian kramer does an excellent job tweeting out videos tweeting out you know photos and things like that post-game coverage so uh Check us out on Twitter and thank you all for joining us.